And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. I'm Mike Harrison, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. It's my privilege to be joining you today, and I want to thank you for tuning in. I've mentioned on this show countless times that real estate investing is indeed a team sport. What does that mean? Well, it means that to be at your most effective, to be your best, to truly exceed and excel as a real estate investor, you need to surround yourself with a professional team. And each one of those professionals has an expertise within that area that you're going to utilize and maximize. And too often, people get the bright idea to begin investing in real estate. And I was one of those people a long time ago, BL before lifestyles. That was me. I got the idea that, Hey, I need to find a better Avenue. And why did I, why did I choose real estate? Well, I was going through anything. I was looking for anything and everything because I knew that essentially I wasn't going to be able to save my way into the life that I envisioned myself having, at least not until age 65, 70, 75, especially if you follow the guidance of financial advisors out there and they say, oh, you can save X amount and then live off a of 4% of that and you should be able to essentially live without outliving your money, right? Your money should essentially last as long as you do. That's what they tell you. That's the plan. But when you sit down and you pull the calculator out and you pull a pen and you pull a piece of paper out and you start reverse quantifying that 4% and you come up with the number that you need to live comfortably. And I wasn't trying to live like a king or anything along those lines. I thought it was very modest. I just knew it wasn't happening. But I turned and I said, I got to find a different way. I found real estate. I bought my first rental property. Again, all by myself. I didn't have a team. I didn't even know that there was this entire group of people out there that this community that caters directly to real estate investors. I had no idea that even existed. In fact, I didn't even consider myself a real estate investor, really. I said, well, I'm going to go buy this property and, and rent it out. And again, I was doing it all by myself. This was before Lifestyles, BL, way back in the day. And I bought that property in a self-directed IRA. But at that time, I didn't know there were specific contractors that tailored to the real estate professional. I didn't know there were specific lenders. I didn't know there were specific realtors or home inspectors or property managers, people that do make readies, people that screen tenants for you, um, people that insure rental property, that that's their expertise. They cater to real estate professionals. Again, I didn't even know that world even existed. I do today. But I wasn't getting preferential pricing. I wasn't getting preferential treatment. And I tell you what's even worse than that, the most valuable of it all, I wasn't getting professionals that shared their knowledge, shared their advice, shared their wisdom, 
precious information. They said, hey, Harrison, do this. Don't do this. I advise do this. Other real estate investors, this is how they do it. I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't have that. I didn't. I, I was essentially winging it. Now, I still made money as a real estate investor. Surprisingly, that's how forgiving real estate is. But what do you think happened once I tapped into this community of professionals to help me along the way? Well, I excelled. Things changed rapidly. But I want to I say this. There will always be rich people and there will always be poor people. I don't care what system is out there. Why is that? Why will there be rich people and poor people? Is it because of the system? No. Is it because of the government? No. Is it because that's the way it's always been? No. I'll, I'll tell you what it is. It's because of the knowledge difference. Knowledge. Notice I didn't say college. I said knowledge. College has nothing to do with it. The fact that you can surround yourself with a team of professionals a, a, a team of masters, right? A team of experts, essentially, that will help you in your endeavor. That's how people succeed, friends. That's how people succeed. And I have one of my team players on the show, good friend of mine in the insurance industry. And yes, we're going to talk about property insurance. Stay with me. This is going to be fun. I promise you will learn something. But I'd like to bring on my show today, good friend of mine, Lee Siegel with Integrity Personal Insurance. Lee, I want to thank you for sharing your time. My pleasure, Mike. Glad to be on here and glad to be able to help uh, educate your listeners. Well, I've got some uh, I've got some great questions for you, so we're going to let you answer those and maybe help a few people along the way. But as we get into that, Lee, why don't you share a little bit of background about yourself? Absolutely. So I have been in the insurance industry for 29 plus years. Um, not that I know everything, but there's not a lot that I haven't seen. <laughs> uh, currently, I'm with Integrity Personal Insurance, been with Integrity a little over eight years and have been a lifestyle vendor for eight years. So I have really enriched myself with learning everything there is to know about insuring investment properties, because as you stated in your intro, there's a big difference. There's a lot of individual factors that go into insuring investment properties that people aren't aware of, or they just think it's the same as, oh, I'm insuring my home, so it'll be the same thing. It's very different. So I want to make sure that I can, again, educate and teach investors on the proper way to insure their investment properties. If you have any questions or comments about today's show or how to get started in real estate investing or any questions about Lifestyles Unlimited, please send me an email. I do enjoy getting emails from our listeners. I respond personally to each and every email. My email address is askmike at luinc.com, askmike at luinc.com. And as always, if you miss any parts of this show, you can always find us on your favorite podcast app right there on your smartphone Click on that, subscribe to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. You'll get this show, my show, the show from the other host as well, and the Dale Walmsley Radio Show. And so you can listen to that in your free time or if you're driving somewhere or working in your yard. Really easy way to stay in touch, stay in tune uh, with our information with real estate investing. Also, we have our own YouTube channel, Lifestyles Unlimited on YouTube. You'll find us there. ton of content there. And as always, the website, lifestylesunlimited.com.
www.integrityinsurance.com. I have my friend Lee Siegel on the show today. Lee's with Integrity Personal Insurance. Lee caters to real estate investors. That's what he does. He knows how to advise you in what you need as a property owner, rental property owner, what policies you should have, how you should set this up. He's a resource of information. He is a great guy. He's a very popular guy within Lifestyles Unlimited. And Lee is sharing insurance information that you probably don't know. And I'm sure I'll remember something that I don't know or, or pick up a tidbit here, here or there. But Lee, let's go right into it. When we left off, you were talking about policy differences um, between insuring a personal home and a policy on a rental asset, a rental property. Can you go into that? What are some of the differences and what should someone be looking for? Sure, Mike. So, again, the uh, home policy is essentially a homeowner's insurance policy. It's protecting your home and all the contents that you have, you know, your furniture, clothing, electronics. On a rental property, you're going to be writing what's called a dwelling fire policy or a landlord dwelling policy. Different terminology for the same policy type, but essentially it's insuring the dwelling, and generally it's not including contents because most investors aren't going to be furnishing a rental property other than folks that are doing Airbnb or that type of short-term rental property, but that's not really the lifestyle model. So right. really, it's on the dwelling fire policy, you know, you're covering the same types of losses that you would have on your home. You're covering hail damage, you're covering water damage, you're covering fire, things like that. But one of the differences is on a uh, dwelling fire policy is you're covering what's called loss of rent. And what that covers, Mike, is if there is a covered loss, let's say there's a fire or there's uh, extensive water damage and your tenants have to move out for a period of time while the property is being uh, rebuilt or, you know, renovated back to where it was, you are reimbursed by the insurance company the monthly rent that you lost. So if you are charging... $1,700 a month rent and your tenants had to be out for two months, the insurance company would reimburse you for $3,400. So again, that's, that's a big difference in the coverages on the, on the two. Yeah. And then really, it's really making sure that you have the proper policy type, because even within the dwelling, the dwelling fire policy form, there's what's called a form three and a form one. And the three is your broad form policy that's going to cover you at full replacement cost. Yeah. Whereas the dwelling policy form one is only an actual cash value policy, has limited coverage perils. So you're not going to be covered for water damage and certain other things that you would be covered by the form three. So again, it's one of those things is knowing that, that you're getting the proper coverage because it's not really always about price, Mike. It's about being properly protected. You're right. It, it's a business, and we want to protect the business. So, Lee, there's a lot there. I have a couple of questions. Let's say something dramatic does happen, and the uh, the residents, the tenants of the property, have to move out. Um, you said that with the right policy, we can get paid our rent monthly. Um Will this policy pay if you got to put them up at a hotel, or will it pay rent at the other place as well? Because not only are you needing the rent 
at your place, but how's it work if they've got to live somewhere else? Um, are they just paying that rent or talk to me about that? Yeah, great question. So, no, it's really just reimbursing you. Now, if you want to be the kindly landlord and help them out a little bit, but every landlord should absolutely require their tenants to have renter's insurance. Yeah. You know, while you don't want to sound cold-hearted that you don't care about their furniture and their clothing and their electronics, your main concern is, number one, from a liability aspect. If somebody gets injured on that property and it's something that they cause. Maybe they have a child that leaves a skateboard out in the yard that somebody trips and falls on, or they have a friendly dog, not a vicious. Maybe they just got a nice golden retriever and it (laughs) bites somebody, is attached first before they come after you as the landlord. Yeah. Another factor of a renter's policy is, while they they have a, uh, a line item called loss of use, And basically, that provides temporary living expenses for them if they have to go stay at a hotel or any temporary living expenses. So, again, it's one of those things where you want to absolutely make sure that your tenants have renter's insurance. And you can spin it as, hey, my insurance doesn't cover your furniture and your clothing and your electronics. You need to make sure if anything happens that you're protected. But really, you're really concerned about from a liability standpoint. Gotcha. Well, Lee, that's perfect, because I was going to ask you about the renter's policy. I require it on all of my properties. I, it, it's just part of the deal. You're going to have to have uh, a renter's policy. You're going to have to show that to me, prove that you have it before you can move into one of my properties. So, um, yeah, that's excellent. Um, thanks for sharing that, because that particular policy, if they had to leave due to a catastrophic catastrophic event, would pay their essentially rent at the new place temporarily for a period of time. Lee, let's go to that uh, Form 1 versus Form 3 again. Form 1, you said, was essentially just cash replacement, uh, where Form 3 would be actual whatever it's going to cost to replace. Yeah, full replacement cost, correct. Okay. Would a mortgage company, um, and and we use a mortgage, we bring the bank to to every deal we're in, um, would a mortgage company say, no, you can't have Form 1, we want Form 3 just to protect? I mean, they own 70% of the property, whereas we only own 30% when you look at the numbers. Yeah, most of the most of the lenders from Lifestyles that I work with, they do require that. Now, that's going to be um, because, again, like you said, they want their interest protected. Um, an interesting part of that, too, is so from an insurance standpoint, we want to ensure what it would cost to rebuild that home if there was a total loss. And, Lee, I'm going to stop you right there. We'll finish that thought on the other side. My name is Mike Harrison. You're listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. We went from 100% live to 100% virtual. And you know the funny thing is, is that nobody wants to go back to work now that work from home, right? So now my members are like, well, Dell, we want to keep those virtual things open because now I know all the people in Miami and I know all the people in Chicago. I know all the 
People now know each other from all over the country because of these virtual events. The free workshop, How to Retire in Five Years or Less, is online. Go to lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. I'm Mike Harrison, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. If you have any questions about Lifestyles Unlimited or about starting as a real estate investor, please reach out to me. I'm here to help. My email address is askmike at luinc.com, askmike at luinc.com. If you'd like to see what we do, how we do it, how we make money five ways on a single-family property, six ways on a multifamily property, I invite you to tune in to our free workshop. They will review everything. They will review what we do, how we do it, how we run our business. That's lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com, lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Com. There are several dates and times you can tune in. It's not a video. It's interactive. You can ask questions. I suggest sit in with your best friend, your partner, your spouse, whoever. Check us out. And if you like what you see, I'd like to invite you to join Lifestyles Unlimited. We are running a special right now, $297 for two years. Buy one, get one free, $297. That's way less than it was when I joined. You must use that promo code, all capital letters, save big, no spaces, S-A-V-E-B-I-G, and that's at GiveMeTotalFreedom.com, GiveMeTotalFreedom.com. I have my friend Lee Siegel. On the show today, Lee Siegels with Integrity Personal Insurance and Lee caters to the real estate investor. He guides them. He talks to them about how their policy should look, what their goals are, um, talks about the business in those terms and make sure you have the right policy to protect you. It's not if something's going to happen, it's when something's going to happen. So, Lee, before we get back into it and before I forget, if you would, please share your contact information with the listener. Sure, appreciate that, Mike. Yeah, so my email address is l for Lee dot Siegel, and that last name is spelled S I E G E L at insureintegrity, all one word dot com. So l dot Siegel at insureintegrity dot com, and my direct dial phone number is nine seven two nine one four three zero three two. Excellent. Lee, when we left off, we were talking about within the policy, you have a Form 1 versus Form 3. Form 3 is actual replacement. Form 1 is a cash value. We talked about how a mortgage company would most likely require you to have Form 3 instead of Form 1. Go into those differences. And then I guess what's going through the back of my mind as an investor I, are you saving a ton of money to go to Form 1 versus Form 3 on this policy? Um, what's that look like? Yeah, not, I mean, and that, that's a great point, Mike, because, no, there is usually not a huge cost savings versus your exposure. Because, again, like I said, the Form 1 is actual cash value or depreciated value versus yeah. a Form 3, which is full replacement cost. So, again, the lender is going to want to see that it's full replacement cost. Oftentimes, we have to send a replacement cost estimator because every insurance company has their own calculation on what their valuation of the cost to rebuild that home, excluding the land value. Yeah. And if, for some reason, the loan amount 
is greater than the replacement cost estimator, that is still sufficient to show that we are still insuring at 100% replacement costs, and that satisfies the lender's requirements. But again, you're talking, too, about also different types of losses that are not covered by the Form 1, which is one of the biggest ones, Mike, is water damage. Well, yeah. let's all think back to December, I mean, to February of last year when we had frozen pipes that were breaking left and right. Well, I if had you had one. a Form 1 policy, you had water damage, you're out of luck. So you might have saved a few hundred dollars a year on your insurance, but now you're out thousands of dollars because that loss was not covered. Yeah, and that was, um, if I recall, the largest in the terms of in terms of dollars catastrophe to ever hit the state of Texas. Is that correct? Something like that. Just because every county at one yeah. point in Texas was below freezing. It's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, you know, even though uh, it was 2017, I think Hurricane Harvey was huge, but that was, like you said, that was kind of located to South Texas, whereas yeah. the freeze was pretty much all throughout the state. Yeah, that was unbelievable. It got minus six degrees at my house, and I know people in up north in Minnesota are laughing at us wimps here in Texas, <laughs> but that's pretty darn cold. I mean, that was insane, but um. We got through it. So, okay, let's go into, uh, you had mentioned loss rent if there is a catastrophe and the right policy will cover that. Now, talk to me about, um, let's say you have a resident and they don't pay rent, okay? They go south on you. They pay, they pay, they pay, they pay, and then the day comes that they don't pay. And you're going through an eviction process, which if you're in front of it, it's going to take you 60 days or less. But if you're not in front of it, it could take longer. Does the policy pay for lost rent in that regard or not? No, unfortunately not, because, again, it's, it's got to be a covered loss. And, and I do want to specify that, too, because we did have situations where you were talking about last year with that freeze. A lot of people lost their power for yeah. extended period of time. Yes. And so the home, homes were getting down into 40 degrees with no heat. And tenants wanted to move out because they couldn't stay in that place. That's not covered by the policy for loss of rent because just loss of power is not a covered peril by the insurance. So, again, the people who had frozen pipes that broke, yes, that's a covered peril. So that would be covered, but just loss of power is not or a tenant not paying their, you know, paying their rent is not a covered peril. That's not an insurance event. Okay, and there's no such policy right. for something like that, correct? Correct. Okay, let's go to scenario number two, and I've never had this happen, um, knock on wood, but I think it's because I really do, I, I screen the heck out of our prospects that come to our properties. Uh, do some serious screening. I've got strict criteria, but uh, I'm sure you've been asked this before, Lee. Um, let's let's talk about the unthinkable. Let's say you get a resident in there, and for whatever reason, the property just absolutely gets trashed, uh, either on purpose or maybe it's the cat lady, and, and she goes and adopts 47 cats, and then she moves out, and uh, you've got a mess on your hands. What's covered and what's not covered in that scenario? Sure. So pretty much every policy should have vandalism, and they call it vandalism and uh, malicious 
mischief. So a caught, like someone, and I just had that, just had a, uh, a member who had tenants that moved out and just punched holes in the walls uh, and just destroyed things. Yeah. That is covered. Cat lady, unfortunately not. That's not malicious mischief. <laughs> it's it's, it's an not? unfortunate thing, yeah. but that's not going to be covered. Wow. I think owning more than four cats is malicious, but that's just me. Uh, unless they're out in the barn catching mice, then by all means. Um, but anyway, uh, okay, so we're having having a lot of fun there. So stinky house because of pets, not, and you got to get new carpet and um, and all that and get it fumigated, not covered. Uh, crazy uh, drug addict that kicks holes in the walls, that is covered. Um, after your deductible, correct. though, correct? Yes. Okay. There's one going to be for wind and hail, for, you know, hailstorms and hurricanes and tornadoes, and then there's another one for all other losses. Some carriers, some insurance companies will have, you know, pretty much 1% of the dwelling value is standard for the wind hail deductible. Sometimes yeah. you can get as low as a $1,000 deductible for water losses or all other perils. So just know what's in your policy. Okay. And, and yeah, I want to dig a little deeper into deductibles and recommendations, what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. I do want to take a moment and talk about our Wealth and Passive Income Expo and Master's Tour. The dates have been announced. It is February 15th through 18th, 2023, 15th through 18th, 2023, Irving, Texas, just uh, essentially just east of Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. Very convenient, very easy to get to. We've had the expo there before. Fantastic venue, incredible venue. So if you're considering coming down to that expo, and Lee, I know you'll be there uh, I recommend you go ahead and save those dates, make plans to come down to Texas February 15th and 18th. We'll see you then. Uh, the expo is incredible, and you can get more information about that at wealthandpassiveincomeexpo.com, wealthandpassiveincomeexpo.com. I've got my friend Lee Siegel on the show today. He's with Integrity Personal Insurance, and he specifically caters to the real estate investor and we're talking all things property insurance specific to the real estate investor so lee at at the end there we were touching on deductibles um, this show actually plays in a lot of different markets not just north texas but i like a one percent in north texas because of hail it's not if hail is going to hit it's when but what are your recommendations and talk to us about uh, smart deductible numbers for a real estate investor yeah, so, and again, in North Texas, 1% is pretty much the standard. There may be some companies I'm not aware of that will offer less than that, but there are some that are requiring, starting to require 2% deductibles. Yeah. There's not a huge savings by going with a higher deductible compared to the additional out-of-pocket expense you would have when you have a hailstorm. So I don't really recommend that. I don't. Um, you got a $12,000 roof and a 2% deductible on a, a $300,000 house. Um, you're going to be paying, uh, you're going to be buying that roof essentially out of your pocket. You're going to pay the deductible and then you're still going to have to come up with another six grand or so, or, or worse if it's a bigger house. Yeah. Now, South Texas is getting to be a different story because the closer you get to the Gulf, the more the insurance companies don't want to cover wind hail 
So in a lot of situations, we wind up having to write the dwelling policy excluding wind hail coverage wow. and writing a separate wind hail policy through the Texas Windstorm Insurance Association. So it's just a different type of risk down there than we have yeah. up here. So again, just make sure that you know what you're getting on your policy and what those deductibles are, because the last thing you want to do is have a claim and not realize that you have a lot more out-of-pocket expense. Yeah, if we have a claim here in Texas, it's most likely going to be your roof. I mean, it's just the weather's, well, we mentioned earlier, it got down to minus six uh, during snowmageddon or freezemageddon, whatever you want to call it, uh, which is insane. I've never seen that. And then we get big winds, big storms. Um, you name it, uh, it ha- and it gets hot. I mean, I think it's 137 degrees outside today, and it has been for the last three months. So uh, it's tough on your properties. Make sure you have the right policy. Now, Lee, let's roll into uh, we as real estate investors, we teach you to buy the home that's really beat up, that needs some love, and then you're going to rehab that property. You're going to fix everything. You're going to make it a great, safe, functional place to live, and then you're going to move the residents in. And sometimes, uh, typically, that takes 90 days. It might take a little more if you have a heavy lift. Is there a different policy while that property's unoccupied? It's essentially a construction site, or t- talk to us about that. Yeah, and that's the first thing. So when someone calls me and wants to get a quote on a property, you know, it's it's asking the right question is, tell me about the property. Is it ready to be tenant-occupied, or is it going to be uh, renovated? Okay, it's going to be renovated. To what extent? Is it just your basic make-ready, putting some new carpet and paint on, and you can have a tenant in there in you know, three, four weeks? Or is it going to include some of the big five titles? So that's one of the things that is really important to make sure so that I'm ensuring you at the proper coverage. So if it is a property being renovated, and it's going to take some time, then what I tend to write on that is a vacant dwelling policy. So that ensures it's being covered in the course of construction. Yeah. Some people call it a builder's policy or builder's risk policy. Personally, unless the rehab is going to take three to six months, I personally don't like to write those. Two reasons. One, because the premium is fully earned, meaning you get nothing back. If you write a six-month builder's risk policy and you're done in two months, well, you're out the other four months of insurance. A builder's risk policy also, too, has some limitations on it. So I write a vacant dwelling policy. It's fully refundable on a prorated basis once yeah. the work is completed, and then we can switch over to the landlord policy. Okay. So um, basically the owner, we just call you and say, okay, we're done with the rehab, the resident's moving in, and then you can switch the policy over there, Correct. Correct. Yeah, we cancel the policy and issue the new one. And generally, a lot of time you'll see when when members are going from a hard money loan to a conventional loan. That's generally the time frame that we do that. Okay. Yeah, and that's that's how I do mine. So um, perfect. Uh, good to know on that. So Lee, insurance costs have really gone up, at least here. Uh, the last couple of years. Why is that? And is it a Texas thing or is this national? Well, to be honest, we're only licensed in uh, Texas, Oklahoma, and Colorado, so I can't really speak nationally, but in Texas, Snowmageddon was a big factor starting at last year, and then going through this whole year with 
everything from supply chain issues to cost of building materials, labor costs, you know, all of the high prices that you're seeing at the grocery store and the gas station, that's all that all is reflected in insurance costs as well. So this has been the hardest year. This is the highest rates I've ever seen in my 29 years. Yeah. Which again makes it important for you to shop around and use an independent broker. That's what Lifestyles recommends, using a agent that can shop amongst a number of different carriers rather than just using maybe your state farm agent or your farmer's agent thinking, well, they can insure everything too. You know, they may not have options. So, Yes, it's really high, and I feel terrible because we know with an investor, you know, you're limited on how high you can increase your rent. And when your property taxes and the insurance costs are going up, you can't always pass that all on to your tenant. Well, I just had a a 50% increase on one of my properties, so, and I think there's about another seven months remaining on the lease, so... There's at least a seven-month window when I can't pass that cost on. And, yeah, I I don't think I can raise it enough. Now, not to preach doom and gloom to you potential investors out there, I'm I'm still cash flowing on the house, okay? So all in all, everything's great, uh, and that's just one way we make money is the cash flow side of it. But, yeah, insurance costs have really gone up. So, Lee, now at first it was – uh, the big ice storm that we had that that affected so many people in Texas, and now it's supply chain. And honestly, I don't think you can build a house for under two hundred dollars a square foot. I mean, everything's so expensive. But I, I guess I'm leading to when do you think we'll see rates come back down, or do we have to wait on maybe some insurance companies that want to expand their portfolio in Texas and the competition comes in? Is that what's going to lower it, or if or when? Yeah. Talk to us about that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and unfortunately, right now, we're going in the opposite direction, Mike. Um, Progressive, which was one of our top companies, they stopped writing landlord policies altogether in Texas. Um, Travelers Insurance, uh, they put a moratorium on a lot of uh, agents for writing new business. Uh, State Auto, another big one, they've gone to really severely limiting uh, getting replacement costs on the roof based on the age in certain parts. So it's really become restrictive so until we start seeing some companies kind of loosen the underwriting guidelines, it's going to be it's going to be a rough go for probably another year or so. Yeah, I can imagine. And I had a guy; he worked for one of the the big three, and he told me years ago that insurance companies will raise or lower their prices in order to either expand or decrease their liability, their portfolio, so to speak. So if you take, um, and I don't know if this is true or not, I was going to let you weigh in, but let's say insurance company XYZ has a $2 billion exposure in North Texas, um, and they want to reduce that to $1.5 billion. They'll just raise their price knowing that some people will leave. Is that is that true, Lee? Is there any, anything yeah. in there? Absolutely. And you'll also see, like I said, some companies have said, okay, we're going to require 2% wind hail deductible in certain areas because that lowers their exposure as well. Okay. So, and then back to your point, then you should shop annually, shop your policy annually or have somebody 
a professional that's shopping your policy annually. So you're making sure, one, that you're covered, but two, that you have the right insurance. Just don't go try to save $75 and expose yourself to uh, something that could really cost you thousands down the road. Um, So you do recommend shopping it annually, Lee? Well, and as an agency, we actually do that for you. Uh, I can't speak for other insurance agents, whether they do that, but that is part of the service that Integrity provides as we do shop those annually. We'll look at it and see if there's a better option. Uh, If not, we'll let you know. If that's still the best option, we'll say, yep, just renew with that company. Even if you took a 30% increase, that may still be your best option, but we will let you know. Wonderful. Lee, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. For those of you listening out there, I want you to understand it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.